This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, when do we get back to feeling normal again? And what is normal? Plus, Biz and Teresa get another case of baby fever, and we talk to filmmaker and creator of the web series Queer Mama, Haley Jude. Woo! <laughs> baby fever. <laughs> do, 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 do. Baby fever. Isn't that boogie fever? Isn't that a popular song oh, from the 70s? Yeah. I've been listening on my Spotify account. <laughs> uh, or Songza. That's what I listen to is Songza, because you can, like, they even actually have groupings of songs called yeah. Songs for Moms When Hanging Out with Kids. Uh, it's, wow. a, it's a lot of Jackson 5 and, like, <clears throat> uh, that kind of thing. But anyway, there is an AM in the 70s, yeah. 70s AM playlist. Yeah. So it's a lot of book and fever and then some Stevie Wonder and shit. It's great. Anyway, oh, how— That sounds awesome. It is, in fact, what I enjoy— Cruising my evenings down to a little yeah. Hall and Oates, yeah. Stevie Wonder, a little America. Great. It's good. Uh, and Stefan the whole time's like, what is this? What's this song? What's this song? What's this song? You're like, go look at my phone. He's like, there was F. Why is it AM? Why not FM? I'm like, because eh, it was just AM. Once. Yeah. I remember <laughs> when my I was parents, a kid. I remember. Well, really? Because <laughs> I used to, when I was little, I can remember being out on the porch with the transistor radio that only picked up AM stations. And. How old are you? A million years old. Like AM. And even if it had FM, that's not where the music was playing yeah. at the time. Everything was on AM stations. So okay. I, my memory is of zero what FM remember, until 80s. What I 80s remember is my FM. parents telling me, isn't it crazy? But. Just so you know, it used to be that all this great stuff we're hearing on FM used to be, be on, on AM. AM. And I was like, you're crazy, Mom. You're yeah. crazy, Dad. <laughs> 1974. Boogie fever. Anyway, okay. Teresa, yeah. on this very special episode where we talk about music yeah. and radio stations from yeah. previous decades, from the 1900s, Yeah. Uh, how are you? Uh, you want another baby? I do. What the fuck is wrong it, with it you? It makes me want to swear. Yeah, it makes it me want to swear. It makes me just go, fuck. Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> want that to stop. I want it to go away. And it keeps, like, catching me. Yeah, off by guard. surprise, off guard. And I don't want it in me, but it's there. And it's so... You don't want either the feeling or, or the actual, actual baby yeah. in you. No, it's... And I can't, like, the best case scenario is I just say to myself, just let it wash over you. Yeah. It will pass. It will pass. But it's it's hard because, yeah. yes, it will pass. It does pass. But then it's there again, like, the next fucking day. Yeah, so this is what's weird is when I wanted to get pregnant with Katie Bell yeah. the first, uh, yeah. I never it was ne I never felt like the crazier. I was mm -hmm. just like, I know that I would like to have a child, so yeah. we will start trying to have a child. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Uh, then with Ellis, I remember again, it was, I know we want to yeah. have another child, so I'm going to work. So I never had yeah. that like, man, I just want to be. But now that I've had the two, I feel like some strange level it's of like. It's a different baby. It's different. Chemical like. mixture yeah. has kicked in, and yeah. it's just like you said. It like washes over you, and you're yeah. like. Like and you know what it is? It's it's like I I'll uh, I'll pass cute pregnant women. Uh huh. And you need to be surrounded by more of the thirty eight week, forty week pregnant yeah. women, not the like. 
28 week, right? 29 week pregnant. Yeah. I don't want to see your or, second trimester pregnancy. Yeah, I want get that out of my yeah, sight. Get me your cute, it's too cute. I want cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, the cute pregnancy. You're yeah. still out. You're playing. Yeah, a lot of energy. Yeah, uh, show me, show me your. I'm fucking tired of this, and that yeah. will immediately. And I have to go my, through childbirth. Yeah. Right. I, but there's something about like the excitement I know. of having a baby inside I me. Know. Little friend. I know. Inside, making me. Our guest today is 33 weeks pregnant. Uh-huh. And I was looking uh, at some of her things that she has online. Yeah. And like the sonogram picture. Who want a sonogram picture? And how exciting that is yeah. to have that yeah. and look at that. And be thinking, and then, I don't know. I, what is that? I don't know. I cannot literally have another baby. You know, I, I know. I know. And that's the thing. Like, I don't. It's really weird because it's so strong. The urge is so strong yeah. that it does make you think, like, is some, is like, is like the universe, like, telling me that I should? Yeah, like, is I this, should. Some, is somebody sending me a message that, like, this is the right choice for me? And then you start thinking about your life and, like, how that would affect it is. <laughs> No, just like how how like having a whole other person well, you would and I, affect yeah. your life. We and were talking about this. Yeah, we met up this weekend, and yeah. we were talking. I was like, we we sat down, and I was yeah. like, I want another baby. Yeah, and you were like, me too. And then you were like, once you add the third, yeah, which is would be what we would be doing. Yeah, you're talking major changes. You're yeah. talking. Gotta have a bigger different living, car, different car, different living yeah. arrangements. How different do you travel? Care. How yeah. do you have babysitters? How do you? Everything changes. Yeah. Totally different ballpark. Yeah, yeah, and yet, and then like the, and then also I'll have these moments where it's like just me and Simon. Like mm-hmm. we'll go do something the two of us, and it's so kind of just lovely and yeah. precious. And I'm like, I like it's so nice to just be like one on one with my kids yeah. sometimes. Like. What is making me feel like I need, like, to pile 10 kids in a wheelbarrow? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, right. The more, the merrier. One, yeah, right. even, like, one child is, like, so just, yeah. f- is, like, kind of, like, endless joy and amazingness. Right. Like, why? That does not mean that eight more of them no. equals one, like, limitless more joy and amazement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it does on some sure level. Because I don't have eight kids to, to do totally. that with. But, like. But it also limits your time with each of them, I would think. I just feel like it would make me angrier at each child as they go on the list. Totally. Because I'm already just like, Katie Bell. Hi, Ellis. Because I have to be, like, more precious with him. I feel weirder yelling at him than yeah, I do her. And I'm like, well, great. If I just put another one, it'll be like, Ellis, Katie Bell. Hello, new baby. Like, And then I just become <laughs> that, that one. I become that mom. Um, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and she said she compared it to wanting, like, having adulterous thoughts. Like, wanting uh, to, like, sleep with people outside of your partner. Wow. And she's That's like. That's interesting. She's like, it's just like that. Like you, we have these biological urges, and we have to just like rein them in. Like you, yeah. ju- you don't just like go have sex with whoever. Like <laughs> just because you feel like it doesn't mean you should go do that right, right. now. And I was sure. like, whoa, that that is a really interesting comparison. That's a re- <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Well, I think this sort of yeah, uh, having another baby is just like okay. committing adultery. <laughs> <laughs> we are really good Catholics. Yeah. Um, so let's don't do it. Yeah, well, you can do it. Do do it. I might. You should. I don't know. You should do it. I don't think I should. If you do it, I'm going to 
really want another one. I'm and I very can't torn. have another one. I'm done. Well, you're not. A, your body doesn't think you're My done. My body <laughs> doesn't think I'm done. Well, let's agree at this moment to not do that. Okay. <laughs> I can agree for right now. Sure. I think. Sure. Okay. This show holds us so accountable. I know. On so many, so many levels. Um, you know what this ties well, this baby fever hmm. ties well into is that thing that having babies does to a person. And that is making you feel less normal mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and brings up the question, well, after you have that kid, when you get back to feeling normal. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to explore that specific question. Mm-hmm. When do we go back to feeling normal and what is normal? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yeah. When do you go back to feeling normal? After the first six months. Really? Is that for No. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. All right. Let's, okay. So let's just take a moment yeah. and say, uh, I feel like there is a question, this question of uh-huh. returning to normalcy yeah. uh, gets asked a lot yeah. to mom to mom or dad to dad or parent to parent, whatever. I mean, anybody can go through this specific sort of question. And I know that like... Without even thinking about it, I've asked myself this or pondered mm-hmm. the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, when do you go back to feeling normal? And I, I, I can see it sort of coming out of the original place of the first couple of months after having a baby where mm-hmm. hormones are completely out of control. Your life is completely upside down. That Everything you thought you were prepared for, you weren't. You, were, you may also be nailing a lot of things, but it's still like sleep and feeding and eating and emotions. Ah. That is not a normal time mm-hmm. on some level mm-hmm. because it is so different than whatever you were doing the week before you had that baby. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of pulls that question, like, when does it go back to not feeling like this? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And one of the reasons we thought we would explore this today was on our private uh, One Bed Mother Facebook group, uh, where we have a lot of great conversations going on about parenting. Um, it's a really safe and private place to come on and have these conversations. Uh, the The question of when do I go back to feeling normal came up. And I thought there, we both, Teresa and I, felt there was a really interesting discussion that happened through that. And Teresa, you actually started responding to it first. Tell me a little bit about... Yeah, yeah. it was cool. I said, um, I said, well, I think, um, I think the first... With the first baby, I think I started feeling getting used to the new normal around Mm. like 14, maybe 16 months, right? Um, postpartum. But then I think after my second, it took a little longer. And now, with my second, who's now about 20 months old, I'm like just in the last month or so starting to feel more normal. And when I said that, yeah. one of our awesome group members commented, and a few other people had commented as well. And if you look back through what the comments said, almost every single person said, I'm just now starting to feel normal. Normal. And um, one of our group members commented, you know, it's interesting. I've noticed for myself and with others that 
when we're answering this question, a lot of us seem to say, I'm just now starting to feel normal, whatever this is. If it's four months postpartum, if it's six months, if it's a year, if it's two years, if it's four years, whenever, wherever we are right now, we we seem to assess ourselves as just starting to be normal. And whatever came before, that was not normal. Right. Even but if we had said, we're getting, now we're feeling yeah, normal. Right. Even if we had. And, right. and I thought I thought about that, and I thought that was so interesting. And I was thinking back, and I was like, thinking, definitely I have had this thought since I had my second, since mm-hmm. I had Oscar. I've definitely had this thought already multiple times. Like, okay, I'm getting there now. Right. Okay, we're getting normal. We're getting more yeah. normal. But I still, if I look back at those times, I'm like my perception of what was going on at that time does not feel like it does not feel normal. And so I posed this question to her. What does that mean that we're doing this? Like, what <laughs> right. does it mean that we're all doing that? Because I feel like I'm doing that, too. And she said, and I'm totally not going to do it justice. Right. She said it in this really eloquent way. But she was just basically saying, you know, I think becoming a parent and give like giving birth and or just becoming a parent right it's such a mind fuck basically yeah. it's such a transformative experience and it's kind of scary and right. it's, it's mind blowing and then the, it doesn't just go back to normal it's ever it's constantly right. changing and so wherever we are we kind of comfort ourselves with Telling ourselves we got this now. Well, she talks we about adaptability now. Yeah. yeah, she talks about the human beings being incredibly adaptable yeah. as a species, and that yeah. maybe calling something normal out loud yeah. helps us to adapt to the fact that it is in fact not normal. Right. You know, and I yeah. and that no matter what happens, we can say it's normal because we figured it out. Like, right. We but adapted I, to it. I think that takes me back to yeah. I, The question Mm -hmm. is such a, it's one of the, I don't know, it falls into one of those categories of like, what does that question even mean? But it's coming out of my mouth. I don't think any of us are thinking on that deep of a level. When do I go back to feeling normal? But when you start pondering it, what are we hoping to get to? What is normal? Like is normal, and I think, I think when we were, when I was thinking about this before the show, I was like, is this question the same as... Uh, am I the same person I was before I had a baby? You know, we, and we've talked about that at great length on this show. You know, I know that I'm coming out of this a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you, it is such a transformative experience. However you get those kids in your house, everything mm-hmm. has changed. And who, you, who your identity is. Is the normal question about identity or is it totally just about feeling like you've got some control over things? Like because I, And mm-hmm. I think they're different because I think – even in the process of trying to sort out my new identity as mom, as wife, as friend, as, you know, individual, it's hard to even explore those if my life isn't feeling normal, if I don't right. feel. So I do. So for me, I feel they're two separate questions, mm. but I don't think that that means that normal isn't still a serious, you're not still looking for a serious answer of what. What are we hoping to achieve by normal? Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like, is normal where your routine is exactly like it was before you yeah. had kids? Like, I mean, are you looking yeah. for like routine? Are you looking for where you felt like you could do a million things, mm-hmm. you know, where you felt like you had some control over the, you know, the world around you? Is it 
20-something-year-old biz before right. even having kids or being married? Is it yeah. like what what are we hoping to feel like? Right. You know, like and and why is it when we say, oh, things start to feel normal now? Yeah. What's going on that makes it feel normal? I think usually for me it means I'm actually enjoying like my like you're stepping happy. and like yeah. the kids and I'm not feeling super stressed out and I feel like like nothing is wrong. Yeah, I've had some time to do some stuff for myself and like the kids are kind of like it feels like things are balanced mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's usually when I'm like, oh, things are kind of getting back to normal for me. Yeah. Um but I don't know if that's what everybody's normal is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like um you know, or am I just praying and hoping that one day I'll wake up and it'll be, this is not my life. Like, am I, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, is that my long-term goal for normal? Huh. Right? Like, yeah. does that make sense? Like that, you mean like that you're, like that it'll go back to the way it was before? Yeah, what are we hoping for by yeah. normal? I mean, I guess I know, that's like, because... what are we, What when you when you honestly think about... It's never well. That's the thing. It's never gonna go back. Like it's never gonna go back. Right. Do you but, know what I mean? No, I agree. Like, so, I, so why no, are we asking the question? I don't why know. are we? Why yeah, are we what clinging we so desperately to this idea that? Yeah. So is it just it's, that, maybe it's just getting the hang of things? Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like that feeling of like fish out of water. Yeah. And then you just start to know how to do the things that you have to do every day, <laughs> right? you know, and you, and not necessarily, and I think there is a sense of at least contentment that goes along mm. with feeling that you are capable to handle the things that you need to handle. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's got to be a big part of it. Cause like, yeah. yeah, before kids, whatever it was you were doing every day, you probably had a handle on cause you've been taking care of yourself for however many years, you know? Right. Right. And then, and um it's sort of like first day of school where you're yeah, like, it doesn't feel normal at all. Yeah. And then after a week, you know where your classrooms are, you know yeah. where your locker is, you know what you're supposed to do every day, and yeah. it feels normal. Or like with a new job. Like I used right. to say starting a new job, always the first month was pure hell. Like yeah. first month was for me was always so hard at any new job. And then like I would start to just, it just fell into place. And that, I guess, would become normal. So I think, yeah, that's that's a I think that's a working definition for me. Like, okay, that you you can you can handle it. You like feel whatever like you it is, can you handle can handle. It. Right, and I guess that's what makes it so difficult is that your children are not on board with that particular scenario. No, because they're constantly <laughs> changing. <laughs> right, because they constantly need different things. They're like so little volcanoes. Like it's what? Crazy. they're growing. Yeah. To, I mean, I just yeah. put Ellis has three pairs of shoes we bought three months ago. Not oh even three months God. ago. And I tried to get one on his foot yesterday, and I was like, this is completely not fit. I mean, but that's like, like, again, like little science, but they just grow. And then they're, they're, and that's painful, and teeth, and that's painful, and I'm speaking, and that's great. And even the older kids are like, ah, I have new emotions, and do I like somebody? Do I not? Like, it's, oh, I love art. And I, I love art. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I remember there was like a big jump for us where we went from with Simon just being able to be really, um, specific about what was expected rather than like explaining things all the time just like no this is the way it is this is the way we do things and that worked for like a year and then all of a sudden like he was like two and a half three and like we needed to like do a lot more like negotiating with him and explaining the way things work and the repercussions of not doing things that way and this whole which like it's just 
you once you figure out the way your kid it's gonna functions, change. it's going to change. So, I, I, but I guess so. I guess the question then is: Is it just that it slows down for us? Like for adults, we don't have that much going on anymore, do we? Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> we don't. Right. We don't have like random things happening. Everyone having growing pains in the middle of the night, or like right. the only time we do is when we're pregnant. Right. Where everything's out of control and totally. like hormones and I love art and suddenly I want to eat food that I've never had before and yeah. now everything makes me cry or yeah. makes me laugh hysterically. Oh, it's so much fun. I can't wait to see oh, it again. Oh, let's get again. Okay. The, um, but like outside of that particular <laughs> yeah. crazy moment, yeah. we're all pretty mellowed out. Mean, Maybe you can that's create why things. You can travel. Uh, you can like move to a country. Well, or you could live life you like know. you do like we talked last week and you could just try and make everything super uh, suffering for yourself. Oh, yeah. Right? Just you make Everything hard for yourself. Add, Take on add. other people's problems. <laughs> you know, but, never say no to anyone. But overall, <laughs> you mean saying yes to life, Teresa. Um, but uh, I do wonder if if because things do peter out a little bit for us yeah. in being totally overwhelming, why yeah. clinging to something that feels normal becomes so important yeah. suddenly? Yeah. You know, like, I... This is when I go to sleep, and this is what I enjoy going out, and this is yeah. what I do. And I mean, I, that, lots of people are incredibly spontaneous. Totally. But I still, but that is your normal, and that's yeah. pretty mellow and compared to what's going on to, like, kids yeah. up until the time they're, like, really 25. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so true. So I wonder if that's part of it. Yeah. I also like that you were, you were using the word new normal. Yeah. I feel like that forgives a lot. I feel like that is actually, like, it's possible to get to a new normal versus you're never, you're just never going to be the way you were. I mean, you just, it's sorry. No. Well, it's like, right. Well, like, my uh, mother uh, a couple years ago had a blackout fall moment and Mm. really got shaken up and uh, was very slow, sort of in recovering, Mm. uh, that kind of thing. And she goes to the doctor, you know, it's about a year later. And well, during this process, she was like, will I feel normal again? Will I go back to myself? And he was Mm. like, you'll go back to your 70-year-old self. You're not going to wake up and suddenly you're not going back to your 40-year-old self or your 50-year-old. So like set your expectations at... When yeah. you're back to your best, your best is your 70-something your 70. self. Yeah. Your best is not yeah. 30 years ago. And right. I thought that was so interesting, that is interesting. and so relatable because I do think that even after having kids or any light, big life change, yeah. any big life change, yeah. illness or a move or whatever, this expectation of going back or getting back to yourself, yeah. this weird pressure or yeah. weird thought that you're yeah. going back to something that you were yeah even five or ten years ago that's just not a realistic no setting and it's and why does that it seems comfortable i guess because we know what that was but also our perception of the past is so skewed oh like it's the like same having way, babies is really like fun having babies is really fun <laughs> like it's the same way yeah we the can, pregnancy's great yeah we can go back and be like oh we were so excited and you know what we should really do is go back and listen to this show from never <laughs> We go back to episode 36, the one where I have the massive emotional breakdown yeah. returning back in five weeks. But yeah, I mean, there's there's so many there's so many things about the way our memory yeah. changes that affects like what is normal. You know, like right. I could say like, oh, I had everything so together before I had kids and I could go back <laughs> to myself before I had kids. And like there were lots of things that right. I didn't have under control. Yeah. 
Yeah, for one thing, I really wanted to have a baby, and I didn't have that. Yeah. You know? Well, congratulations. (laughs) Now you do. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, no, but I know what you mean. Like, yeah, there's... I I don't know if I would want to go back to that either. Yeah. So I guess the thing comes back down to what do you even want the new normal to be? And maybe the best we can do is accept and spin it that that new normal is simply being comfortable getting through the day and like what the circumstances surrounding your day yeah and also like being ready for change if you can I mean I guess we're kind of never ready because we don't know what change will bring but like just like accepting that just being everything ready to roll you're gonna tell me I can't control everything (laughs) my stomach hurts you can control everything today (laughs) you've got it for today Biz you've got got today thank god good job No, honestly, though, I think that is part of the mantra is that is saying that I finally feel normal or things are getting back to normal uh-huh. can, in fact, allow us to have that confidence to handle whatever comes the next yes. day. And, and like you said, I, I, I think our memory forces us into thinking that things aren't as dramatic in terms of changes mm-hmm. as they really have been. Sure. So I guess good luck, everybody. Yeah. Getting back to normalcy. Whatever that may be for you. Hey, this is Pop Rocket. We're your source for all pop culture information. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't (laughs) tell anybody I'm 30-something. Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa. Yes? Genius fail time. I would like you to share a genius moment with me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I would love to share a genius moment. (laughs) Um, My almost four-year-old has been potty trained for a year. Mm Mm-hmm. And but still hates stopping what he's doing and going to use the potty. Sure. And um, sometimes who cares? I just leave leave him to suffer because he doesn't really have accidents anymore. <laughs> right. He just runs around like a crazy person until he can't handle it anymore and goes and sits down <laughs> and goes pee. Um, but if we are about to leave the house, I do say oh, yeah. you have to use the potty before we leave the house. That's yeah. just the rule. But he still fights me on it. Like pretty much every single time it's a whole fight, you know. Right. And so it's like, are you going to go on your own or do you need my help? I'm going right. to count to three and then I'm going to take you. And I mean, it's just like that every time. Yeah. It's so stupid. Um, but 
It occurred to me one time that he doesn't have a problem using the potty for some reason is right before he gets into the bath at mm. night. Like he knows to use the potty before you get in the bath so you won't have to feel like you need to go right. potty in the bath. So he always goes without trouble getting into the bath. I have no idea why. Weird. I don't understand his brain. Doesn't matter. But he does. And sure. so the other day we were getting ready to leave and I'm having this regular annoying fight with him. And I go, Simon, just pretend that you're about to take a bath. And he goes... Okay, I'm going to pretend I'm about to take a bath. And he goes and he sits down and pees and that's it. And then like it worked again the next day. Like I did it again the next day and I said to Jesse, I wonder how many of these I have left yeah. before this wears off. <laughs> the magic card. You've yeah. got a free uh, jail yeah. free cards in your pocket. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it was great. Good job. Thanks. Great. Uh, I took, did I, <laughs> I don't think I shared this one. I hope I didn't. I took some paper towel rolls, mm-hmm. and then I stuck them on the wall with some painter's tape, uh-huh. made a little tube. Yeah. It's a very Pinterest-y thing. Mine looks very much like— It sounds I, beautiful so far. I was going to say, mine Mine just looks like I took some paper towel rolls and taped them in a, with crazy tape uh, uh-huh. from painter's tape, and then I make balls out of painter's tape because it's just the right weight, uh-huh. and I give it to Ellis, and he drops them down the tubes, uh-huh. and together we go, wee! Oh. And I have it right in the kitchen, on the kitchen wall, yeah. so that I can be doing something in the kitchen, and he refers to the whole thing as, wee, yeah. and goes over and does it, and it doesn't hurt the wall. That's amazing. It, it was really stupid, guys. And, and it was stupid, but it works really well, yeah. and it's been up on our wall for like a month now. That's great. And he just comes and goes to it whenever he wants. That's great. Yeah. Love it. Easy. We have two dogs, and they like to play in our backyard, and inevitably my four- and seven-year-old kids will be out playing in the backyard, and I'll be in the kitchen roughly keeping an eye on them (laughs) while I make dinner and leave messages for one bad mother. And so they always call and say, Mom, there's a pile of dog food back here, and uh, I won't be able to do anything about it because my hands are covered in raw chicken or whatever. And so I don't want to ask them to do it because they're probably going to get it all over themselves, and I would spend more time cleaning them up than I would have if I just picked it up myself. So... I came up with a genius idea. I asked them, we have a stack of little, you know, um, when they stick those flags in the ground where they've sprayed pesticides or, you know, where they've come checked for, you know, we've had some issues with um, power outages, so they come and check to make sure where all the power lines are. And they stick those little red and orange flags in the grass, and this has been several months that nobody's come to collect them. So I picked them all up from where they are, the little pile by the back deck, and I told the girls, anytime they see a pile of dog poop, stick a flag right next to it. (laughs) And that way, they know to avoid it, I know to avoid it, and when I finally have a few minutes to clean it up, I know exactly where to find all the piles. So that has saved me a little bit of sanity. I will talk to you girls later. Thank you. Love the show. Bye. That's the most adorable (laughs) dog poop story I've ever heard. Put a flag in it. Yeah. Just go stick a flag in it. Well, the flag doesn't go in the poop. I'm sure it does. I'm sure there's kids No, it goes next to the poop. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I guess who cares? Who cares? You know, it's not <laughs> like... poop seems grosser to eh, me. Holds it off. You still got to pick it up. Either way, it's genius. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I I, I appreciate this adorable... I, I don't know why yeah. this is adorable I don't know why me. either, but it's, it's great. It's the flag. It's so cute. It is. Put a flag in it. Poop. Put flags. Watch out. It's like a little army battlefield. Ah! You little soldiers out there. da 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 Incoming! <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, um... Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Teresa, please share your failure with me today. 
Okay, my fail is also about the strange workings of my almost four-year-old's brain, right? So we're driving in the car as a family yesterday, and (laughs) he starts talking about this puppet show, like uh, marionette puppet show that they put on at his preschool a year ago. A year ago, right? Yeah. He starts talking about it. There's this one character marionette that he didn't like that kind of scared him that was like a big gorilla with sunglasses that sang really loud and was like kind of goofy. Don't take him to Chuck E. Cheese. Right. (laughs) And so it kind of like bothered him at the time. And whatever, he was like new to the school at the time also. And I don't know why it rubbed him the wrong way. But so I said to him, well, you know, and he said, well, I really don't like that show. I don't want to see that show because... Of the gorilla, and I really didn't like him, and you know, whatever. And I said, Well, that's totally fine. And we've talked about this numerous times, but not for a while. So I said, Well, that you know, it's totally fine. You don't have to like everything that you see. And I said, You know, also, Simon, you're always growing and changing, and different things are going to make you feel different ways. But at that time, you were two. You weren't yeah. even three yet. You were like almost three. You were two. And it might have seemed scary to you then, but maybe now if right. you were to see it, it wouldn't be scary to you. Like you're always changing and, you know, things aren't as scary maybe to you now as they right. were then. And he just kind of looks at me. And so then I said, but, you know, <laughs> the reality is we're never going to see that particular <laughs> marionette show again. Like we're never going to see that again. Yeah. So I don't think you need to worry about it. Right. And he starts crying because he really wanted to see the show again. Oh. Like out of no like then he's all of a sudden, but I wanna see that show. So then I just looked at Jesse and I said, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. know. I don't yeah. I should have just not even said anything Anything. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Good job comforting your child Teresa. Great. Now you're gonna have to figure out how to get him exposed to that marionette show again. Well, you suck. Uh, You're bad parenting. I know. Um, I uh, currently cannot get back to a place of normalcy. I don't have like a, I don't really have a like did anything super fail oriented with the kids or Uh uh, because I've just, since we got back from the trip, I've just been on a high gear to just make sure that everything doesn't fall apart Mm. and is back to where it's supposed to be and like, uh, and... Uh, which in itself is probably a fail of some kind Mm. because it's very tiring. Yeah. And it leaves me feeling very cranky. And also it is completely impossible to keep everything as it should be with two children, two cats, and a partner. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good feeling. That just, uh, they're not on board with my plan to keep everything as it should. So... (laughs) My failure is just that, like, forcing myself to come to terms mm-hmm. with my needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't always play out very well. I'm sorry. Usually it just leads to, like, a stink week. <laughs> stink week. Week of me being a fucking pill. So, uh, sorry, universe and family. This morning, my one-year-old woke up in my bed because he was keeping something fierce. And uh, he was nursing a little more than he normally does. And so when I touched him and he was kind of wet, I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty classic. Probably leaked through his diaper in the night. And I thought, man, he is really wet. I must have nursed him a lot more than I thought. 
And then I picked him up, took him into the changing table, and he was soaking wet all over. And I realized when I opened up his jammies that he wasn't wearing a diaper. Uh, that's the husband <laughs> fail. He's the one who puts the diaper on at night. And now I'm washing all the sheets of my house. Um, besides, we got bonus morning bath. So fail on my partner, um, but we're all surviving. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And How I'm, do you forget a diaper? Well, I just love that. I mean, best. I just love that whatever's happening yeah. for dad at this particular yeah. moment is so just like, oh, good night. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just, so I guess jammies and. Yeah, but right. I, I've done, like, I. I have never not put a diaper on. It is uh-huh. such an impressive new level of fail. So congratulations, yeah. Dad. Yeah. And, and good job, uh, uh, Mom. J- she sounds totally like, yeah, I just yeah. forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> My husband's not a dick or anything. Totally. He just didn't put a diaper no, on the baby. No, it's not like he did it on purpose. Yeah, it's not yeah. like he's like, fuck you, I'm yeah. not putting a diaper on. I don't even know we have kids. He's not doing that. He's just like, just didn't do it. Also, it could have been so much worse. Like, the oh, kid could totally have pooped. Shit. A storm, yeah, like a shit storm could have been happening. That would have been way worse. Which, which probably would have made that call a different call. It would have, yeah. Uh, so good job, universe. But you know, like, I, I've done the old like, did I even leave the lights? Like I left the lights on in Ellis's room one night. Like oh, that one I night, right? That. I was yeah. just like, why is he up screaming all yeah. night? Because oh, the lights, the on lights in his are room. fucking on. So anyway, you guys are doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly well that day. But you did it. Yeah. So. There it is. There it is. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Okay. Today we are actually going to call a soon-to-be mom. Oh, my God. This week, we are calling soon-to-be mom Haley Jude, who is a San Francisco-based filmmaker, contributor to Elle.com, and producer of her own video series, Queer Mama, where she chronicles her journey of lesbian conception and pregnancy. Thrilling. Welcome, Haley. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Um... We're going to start off with the question we ask all of our guests, and that is, who lives in your house? All right. Well, it's not so much a house as it is an 800-square-foot apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yep. You're going to have to get a bigger boat for your baby. (laughs) I know, right? Where are we going to put her? Um, (laughs) I live with my now-legal wife. I know. By the way, totally congratulations on that. That's very exciting. Thank you. And our little 17-pound dog, Noodle. Oh, Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> How's uh, is Noodle getting excited about the the impending new life in the house? You know, I think he's mostly confused when we snuggle and something, some alien creature is sticking him in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's confusing for everybody I'm in not the sure he's... I'm not sure he's ready, but he does love snuggling, so he, he might like the baby. He does like babies. They drop food. Yeah. That's true. That yeah. is true. Eventually. Like, yeah. It'll be, yeah. It'll be <laughs> a dry, it'll be a barren yeah. wasteland he's, for a little he's bit. He's going to have to wait a little but bit. But soon, yeah. very soon, sooner than you think, it'll just be, your home will be littered with sausages. <laughs> so, 
Um, well, let's start off and talk a little bit about the articles you're doing for L.com. You've contributed to them on a number of issues, including your struggles with IVF, your miscarriage, as well as a lot of the experiences you're going through uh, with your pregnancy, uh, your current pregnancy. And I was just wondering, I guess the first question I always, I always wonder about people like you and like me and Teresa, who feel so willing to share everything so publicly, um, what what kind of led to you wanting to chronicle all these uh, experiences, especially things like IVF and your miscarriage? These are these are sort of topics that are a little taboo in our culture and yet clearly need to be discussed. What led you down this path? Yeah, that's a great question. A couple things. Um, I am a filmmaker and a creative person and have in the past, you know, been a writer at, at various times. And I found that when I was you know, mentioning my pregnancy to people or that we were trying to get pregnant, people were just fascinated. <laughs> uh, you know, they always wanted to know, okay, here's these two women, you know, how are they going to do it? Who's going to be pregnant? And, and where are they going to get the sperm? And, you know, just a whole range of questions. And then when they learned the very, very complicated way that we decided to get pregnant, um, there was just a whole nother series of questions. So I thought, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something to this. Maybe people people want to know about this. And um, I started writing for Autostraddle, which is an online lesbian magazine, and they were looking for more content from queer parents. And uh, sort of as soon as I wrote that first article and decided to create a video and shared the video, I realized, okay, I think, I think I'm on to something. I think this is something people want to know about. <laughs> um, and so I decided, yeah, to share my stories more. And it turns out, L.com was looking for more content from, you know, LGBTQ authors. Um, I didn't know lesbians read L Magazine, but apparently they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of them are L readers. Um, and, yeah, so, so they asked me if I wanted to do some writing for them, and, and it's been really great to be able to share our sort of strange and unique stories with an audience that might otherwise, you know, not have a clue what it means to start a family as a same-sex couple. Well, so do you think it's like, don't you think, though, that it's super healthy that people who don't know should just sit around and come up with really weird ideas <laughs> and make stuff up and then just create like a weird phantom, you know, storyline for everybody out there who's not going through the heterosexual experience? You don't think that's a healthy choice for us to do? Well, I think it's fun, but I think, that, you know, the thing is, the truth is actually often stranger than fiction. Like, I don't know if they could make up as good of a story. Well, I also, I also think that people... When people don't allow themselves to learn about what really happens or share their experiences, it can really make us less, A, empathetic to people's experiences. And it's very easy for us to forget that we all go about this differently, but at the same time, we are all sharing similar experiences, which is this is something we, we want and it's hard and it's not always easy. So actually, I'd really love for you, if you don't mind, to share a little bit about the process that you guys went through to do this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so Simone and I obviously have, uh, or maybe not obviously, since not see us, but Simone and I have two uteruses and uh, four <laughs> ovaries between us. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no sperm. So our first decision was kind of, you know, who's going to carry the baby. And it was really pretty obvious for, for us. It's, it's not always for lesbian couples. Sometimes, you know, both uh, 
people in a relationship have an interest in carrying a baby, and maybe, you know, each one of them will. Simone had, like, less than zero interest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, she was just like, no way, you know, like, that just sounds horrifying. Like, I don't want any of it, not the body changes. Not the breastfeeding, you know, like none of it, none of it. Um, did that make you feel a little bit like, yeah, oh, well, yeah. maybe I shouldn't want to do that either? Yeah, did that at all? Like, really, wait a second. So what do you mean you don't want to do so this? This is so terrible. Yeah. Why do I? <laughs> well, it's funny because I do think about, you know, straight women sometimes who might not want to carry a baby. Yeah. In a yeah. relationship with a man. And, like, they don't really get a choice. Like, yeah, yeah, if they yeah. want a child, they kind of, like, I mean, you know, they could adopt or do other things. But if they want a biological child, like, they're going to have to carry that thing around and grow it themselves. <laughs> um, so, so I was pretty lucky. <laughs> so I was lucky she met me, in other words. Um, I have always <laughs> wanted to carry a child. I've always thought that like getting pregnant would basically be the coolest thing that I could possibly do with my body. And I feel like I've done some pretty cool things with my body. <laughs> but, but I feel like, you know, it's just always, I mean, I've always wanted a child for one. Like I've always just wanted to raise a child, but even, you know, sort of as an additional layer to that or separate from that, I've always thought that pregnancy seemed like the weirdest, trippiest, like most miraculous, creepy thing that I could possibly do. <laughs> And I like creepy things and weird experiences. So, um, so that part was kind of easy. We knew that I wanted to carry, um, carry our future child or children. But the part that kind of, you know, maybe is a little bit more unusual for us is that, um, Simone at some point realized that, you know, IVS is a thing and surrogacy is a thing that people can do and that that meant that her partner, me, um, could potentially carry her child, her genetic child. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we decided that we'd love to have a genetic child from each of us uh, and that I would basically try to carry Simone's child um, through what they call like reciprocal IVF, basically, where you, you know, pump one of the partners full of hormones, grow as many uh, eggs as you can, harvest them with a giant needle, fertilize them with sperm, grow them in a lab, and then transfer one or more of them to the uterus of the other partner uh, in the hopes that they will turn into a baby, basically. Wow. Um, That's amazing. I, I tell you, that then totally spins my, my mind down like, so if it's Simone's egg... And how much does your DNA then play into that? I mean, but but mm-hmm. I mean, do you know the answer to that? Like, if it's how? Well, so, ha- yeah. So how does that so, work? So the child will have none of my DNA. Okay. But you know, sometimes they'll say, "Oh, I'm not like biologically related to the child," but that's not exactly right either. Because no, that's the child not. Is made of me, right? Yeah. Like, like you know, other than you know, the few cells that started it, like everything has been coming from me. And the weird part is because when we get pregnant, we have tiny bits of our like child DNA floating around. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have now like Simone's DNA floating around. That's so crazy. It is. It is. It's so cool. So you guys go through this process and then, you know, here's the awkward question. You need the extra stuff. You need yeah. the you need the this the the male sperm, 
What yep. What did you guys do for that? Well, so that was a whole decision-making process. In the beginning, I really wanted to use someone we knew. I felt very firmly that I, like, wanted to use what, you know, what people call a known sperm donor. So, like, a, a friend or a family member of ours. And, you know, some lesbian couples we know, they'll use... They'll use like the brother of the non-carrying partner, you know. Wow. Like that. Simone doesn't happen to have any like close male relatives, so that kind of wasn't on the table for us. Um, and so we started kind of looking at friends. I thought, you know, God, going to a sperm bank seems so weird to me. Like, how can my future child be like half made of this person I never meet? And like, people lie. Like all the time and how would I know if it was true so we so we decided we wanted to use someone we know so our child could kind of you know know this person down the line have access to like the other half of their DNA and we ultimately settled on this friend of ours who um you know we're close to but not not like best friends with and is very creative and smart and attractive and all of these things and we asked him and very awkwardly over dinner and he said yes <laughs> Um, and we pursued the process with him, and unfortunately, it turned out total shock to all three of us that he had very serious issues with his sperm. Wow! Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess I guess as a guy, you may not know that if you're not trying to have kids. Exactly. Interesting. Totally. What does very serious issues with the sperm mean? Like, like not enough? Like, or that's the only one I hear of is not enough. So low motility, which means they're not really like swimming right. Um, low morphology, which means they're not shaped right, which also contributes to swimming, and and low count. So like low everything. So not very many of them, and the ones that were there were misshapen and. Were oh, funny. that turned out to be the worst dinner for this guy at all. Like all together. Oh, that's the right. That is so. Yep. Ugh, bad. We turn. I mean, we basically had to deliver that information. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, okay. So the process is going really smoothly so far. Yeah, nature exactly. is so yeah. weird yeah. too because this guy is obviously like a great person yeah. to have yeah. to procreate because you guys selected him. You yeah. could have selected totally. anyone. Like you were like, I want my baby to have this yeah, person. This guy's vibe and everything. Yeah, and like that's just and nature is like fucked up. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Jeez. And you know, it's funny because the like one really comprehensive lesbian conception book that I read said, you know, in the sperm donor chapter, basically, like, <laughs> if you're choosing a known donor, like, get their sperm tested first thing, like, yeah. before you formally decided, before you signed any agreements. And I read it and I thought, I don't know, that seems a little aggressive. Like, hey, we're considering you, like, we yeah. can jerk off in a cup so we can see if your sperm's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, it just seems kind of presumptuous yeah. and unnecessary and he was young and fit and... Now, whenever anyone asks me, like, how should we choose a sperm donor or what should we think about, like, before I talk about emotions or relationship, I'm like, go get the guy's sperm tested. Like, just wow. do it. Like, first thing. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. That You know, again, what I love about these conversations is I, I never, I had no reason to ever think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, right? but lots of women do think about this no matter what sort of relationship they're whether in a they're in a lesbian relationship or even in a you know heterosexual relationship that's totally. a real problem for people mm-hmm. that like yeah you know even women who want to have kids without a partner and are going about yeah. you know this just as an independent procedure i'm sure have run into this as well and what an interesting thing yep. to 
to have to think about. Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. So what did you I guys know. wind up doing? Did you just stop somebody on the bus? What did you guys do? Yeah. The ba- so it was like, was the well, backup we as well it. thought out? Or were you like, eh, fuck it. Let's just. <laughs> just need sperm. Just need sperm now, guys. <laughs> that one. As L.A. people, you will appreciate that we consider doing a, a fake casting call. <laughs> 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 That's and then funny. And like, oh, the movie fell through, but do you want to be our first? <laughs> <laughs> but we, we didn't actually do that. Um, we ended up, because we were doing IVF, the clinic said that we could still use his sperm. We just had to use a special process called ICSI, um, where they basically select a single sperm and inject it into the egg rather than letting them try to swim and find the egg themselves. And so for a whole host of reasons... Um, and a very long story, we ended up, you know, using his sperm anyway and ending up with, wow. uh, yeah, which, uh, yeah, anyway. That's, but that's... <laughs> we we did have some bold questions about that, potentially. But, um, and we went forward with IVF and we ended up just with one chromosomally normal embryo, which we transferred. And I got pregnant, but the pregnancy very quickly, it turned out, was not viable. Um and I had a miscarriage just kind of before seven-ish weeks Oof. of pregnancy, um, which was awful. Yeah. And how long know, did I, you know? Did you know you were pregnant? Like, do you is it the same sort of like timeline as if you were getting pregnant? Like the old get the knocked out way? way. Like you find out at four or five weeks, and then you or with IVF, are they like monitoring you yeah. so often that you're like you knew four weeks they in? Still wait to like close four-ish yeah. weeks um you know at least almost to four it's usually like you know somewhere between 10 days to two weeks after they transfer the embryo and so and we kind of knew that it was murky from the beginning like yeah. they, because they do pregnancy blood tests rather than you know just having a pee on a stick mm-hmm. um and so the numbers were low mm-hmm. and so it kind of wasn't good news from the beginning but then what they want to see in these in these beta HCG blood test is the HCG levels like doubling every right. 48 hours and they yeah. were doing that even though they were really low and so it was it was basically like you know two to three weeks of this totally mad roller coaster ride of will this pregnancy last that ended in, in basically a you know a very early ultrasound to see what was going on and the doctor being like yeah no this this is bad continuing like it's not mm. you know there should we should be seeing much more than we're seeing right now basically right um so yeah it was horrible yeah um, and i think you know to, to go back to your earlier question that was when not in that specific moment but after that was when i was just like fuck it i just want sperm <laughs> like mm-hmm. I yeah I yeah like, yeah i know like, I just want like solid gold, high quality. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Top of the line. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you guys decide to try again. How yes. How soon did you guys decide to try again? It took me about six months. Yeah. To feel ready. I had my miscarriage in April, and we started trying again basically around Thanksgiving of last year. Or so. You know, but but we decided, at first I was like, let's go right again, right away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, and I was just, I really needed time. I was super devastated. It took me like, you know, I, I mean, I, I was really honestly pretty depressed for three, three-ish months, maybe four. Like just, 
really sad, really demotivated, and couldn't couldn't kind of conceive of trying again. Because right. the weird thing is, even though I was so early, and you know, it doesn't really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at and all. And then also, we've been planning for so I know. long. Right. Yeah. Like, I'd known the due date for, like, two months before we even, like, started the cycle yeah. because we had this, like, whole calendar and, you know, everything. And so it really took me a while. And then also we had to decide, like, what were we going to do about sperm, basically, again, you know? And we kind of yeah. decided, like, let's just take the summer off. Let's, like, get drunk and be a couple and just, like, right. <laughs> you know, put this baby-making thing to the side. Like, I, I think... You know, a lot of people who've tried to conceive in, in whatever way, even if it's just having sex, can appreciate the the way things can feel very urgent, you know? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. We can't wait a few more months, and when are we ever going to get this baby? And, you know, trying to give ourselves some perspective and be like, okay, once this baby comes, like, the baby's here, like, forever. Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. we should just take the summer and yeah. get drunk, you know? Or That's yeah, really like, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um. So, so you got drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so we got drunk. We drunk. Went to Hawaii. You there know, you go. Uh, <laughs> and then we decided because, you know, of the issues with his sperm and because he was really the only person close to us that we had both agreed on and wanted to use. And also because it was so damn emotional dealing yeah. with that. And we were like, you know what? Maybe this time let's just only manage our own emotions. Yeah. yeah. You know, like... Can this just be the two of us? Like, that's complicated enough. Right. You know? Totally. So we decided to go with a sperm bank donor. And so we looked through a million profiles of mostly 22-year-old college guys. <laughs> like, I decided to date because I need some extra cash. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's, that's honest. That's honest. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually we found someone from a sperm bank sperm all tested and it was just like oh all we have to do is like pull out our credit cards and then it's like ship us some vial mm-hmm. and we just have it hell yeah yeah hello does amazon prime that shit <laughs> it turns out they actually mail sperm which is crazy that's yeah. so weird i just yeah. that is strange yeah. that is that is an unusual really package weird, right? to get yeah. and be like is this going to be my batteries and extra <laughs> like you know I, whatever i need in the house or is this going to be the sperm i don't know i don't know that's so peculiar uh, so it arrived. You guys went through the process again, and yep. we clearly bingo had a go. Bingo! This time worked, and <laughs> uh, we kind of uh, doubled down or tripled down. The first time we transferred one embryo to my uterus, and this time we transferred three, which was just uh, risky. Kind of totally nutty. Yep, risky. Um, you could be uh, yep, you could be your yep. own reality show. Risky. I know. <laughs> um. But, you know, Simone is 39 years old, and it was, you know, the doctor's recommendation, and I thought, Mm. okay, you know what? If it's twins, I'm ready for it. Simone thought, maybe we shouldn't do this. And I basically said, look, my body, I'm only doing this horrible IVF thing one more time, so I really want to make sure it works, basically. (laughs) Um, And so we did it, and I am now pregnant with a baby girl. That's Congratulations. (laughs) Very exciting. Remind us how far along you are. 
I am 33 weeks. Wow. Yes, you're in the getting there. You're in the getting close to the end game, to the yeah. to the happy days. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the last four weeks are really the best. Yeah, they are. They're they're something. <laughs> they are something. Um, you know what? This was such absolutely an amazing story. Yeah. And but it is but I and I but it's not gonna allow me to ask you the twenty other awkward questions that I have about lesbians having babies. Um, unfortunately for me and all my normal awkward questions for people. But I just think I do wanna wrap up real quickly um on the fact that you like you said earlier you are sharing your experience online in a video series called queer mama that's on youtube and we're yeah. going to link people up to that and i do uh, it's so much fun to watch because i will say that as a person who has gone through this process twice Teresa and i were just talking about like oh we're totally want to have more babies why do we want to have more babies right you know <laughs> but it's a pleasure to watch you online because you really are and you seem online to be thoroughly enjoying this experience and i do think that sometimes a lot of people can get caught up in uh it's sort of feeling like a negative experience or too much or really overwhelming and it's almost like we're expected to to sort of be that way a little bit and it's a real pleasure to watch you be super joyous about this this is probably because i just watched a lot of these videos why i want to have another baby um so so actually if anybody's on the fence do not go watch (laughs) Haley's videos um but uh but do you have you been enjoying sharing this uh through the video process are you at all worried that maybe you're like eh, maybe i don't want to share this much as we get towards the end or or has this just been a really therapeutic process for you on some level you know, I feel like it's just been every. I feel so creative, like you know, I just feel uh, I'm sort of I don't know, cheesy to say or something, but I just really feel that kind of creative energy, and it has been like so fun to just share things with people, and I have been enjoying it so much, and I do think a big part of that is is both the loss and being queer and just not being able to take any of it for granted, and mm. and you know, wanting this for so long, um, and just knowing that it's not something everyone gets to do, you know? Um, And really, and also knowing that even if I do get pregnant again later and we do have another child, I'm never going to have a first pregnancy like this again. You know, (laughs) if I'm pregnant again, I'm going to be running after a fucking toddler. (laughs) I'm not going to be like laying in bed being like, look, my belly's moving, you know, for an hour or whatever. Well, Um, I'm so impressed that you're aware of that. I know. That's like very, just very insightful. Like, I feel like I just didn't think about that. I didn't think about that either. Yeah. Well, good job. You're doing a great job because, I mean, really, it it is really nice to hear you enjoying this so much and knowing that this is exactly what you're supposed a lot of us do not always allow ourselves to have that joy with this and there is it is good for you laying in bed making everybody come look at your belly and touch it and kick it and enjoy it and uh, you're probably the person who when strangers come up and say really inappropriate things to pregnant women you're like hell yeah come touch it or whatever which is great which is probably the butts over here yes exactly so like I bet you like I I wonder who's more surprised in that situation situation uh really um but you're doing an absolutely great job and we wish you the best on the rest of your pregnancy and we're going to link everybody up to the video series that's on youtube queer mama and we're going to link you uh people up to your articles in l and congratulations and good job 
Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great to talk with you. I'll have to come back when, you know, that baby's actually here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We will absolutely have you back for that fun experience. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and have fun. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You make me sing, la, la, la. You make a girl go, I'm in love. What a joy. She is, yeah. she is just joy yeah she really is super adorable pregnant lady that's awesome it's really, you watch Good the videos i know i just didn't like and yeah. i think that's what it is we've had that conversation where i'm like i didn't do it right the first two mm-hmm. times i didn't enjoy it enough and she get pregnant again so i enjoy it more mm-hmm. she really is and it, you know again it's such a good reminder it's sort of like our guest last week kimmy gatewood who was like no i'm kind of after a rough start totally nailing mm-hmm. the infant phase yeah. and i feel really good about it and it, that's really great. Yeah. I, that's wonderful. It's great. It's inspiring. Just as we should all be more honest about, like, when it is hard and that yeah. maybe some of us aren't, like, made to be magical vessels, yeah. that doesn't negate that lots of people are amazing magical vessels and having a, knocking it out of the fucking park all the time. Yeah. So And, like, like when people are doing a great job or really enjoying yeah. something, that that's not—they're not, like, doing that to us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. They're just, that's great for, like, that's awesome. It you is know? really good. Yeah. Everybody should be a long high five parade. Yeah. Through the aisles we of need Target. A high five parade. I know, we do yeah. need a high five parade. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I just thought it was great. And as always, I always find it really insightful to hear people's journeys yeah. to having kids. Yeah. And it's just like such a reminder. It's like so easy to be like, they're fine. Their grass is greener, or their yeah. grasses, or they shouldn't, or they should, or yeah. whatever. Eh. Eh, it's yeah. really interesting. Let's all remember that everybody's doing something different. Yeah. And just be nice, everybody. <laughs> be understanding and be nice for fuck's sake. Pick up after yourself. Um, speaking of being nice, let's listen to somebody have a breakdown. Today, we have a very special dad rant. All right. Yeah, dad rant. Hi, I'm calling with a rant. I, um... Just got back from the grocery store with my 18-month-old, and um, we were just getting a couple of things, so we didn't bother getting a card. I didn't want us to strap her in and everything, so we were just walking around the store together, and she was holding my hand sometimes, or sometimes she was walking on her own, and she's fine about following me, and, you know, everyone was smiling, of course, and saying hi to her, uh, until this one woman was walking down the, the aisle toward us. And she sort of had this half smile. And then when she got to us, without saying anything else, she just says, doesn't she get tired walking around? Which, first of all, screw you, lady. I I know when my kid gets tired, and I will take care of it appropriately. How about you just fall in line and tell me that she's cute like everyone else does? I still don't know what to say to that but at least it won't feel like you're trying to undermine me as a parent. And second of all, yeah, she's going to get tired. That's the idea. I let her walk around and get her energy out so she'll actually take a nap in the afternoon. It really, uh, so it really drove me crazy. And then, of course, I had this whole other thing as I was checking out where the checkout person wanted to pick her up and hold her and, like, no, no, you can't. You can't pick up my child and hold her. I don't, who are you? 
So it was a great, fun trip to the grocery store. Uh, thanks for the show. Bye. Oh, oh you're job. doing a good job. <laughs> Just such a good job. But I really like the woman trying to pick her kid up, his kid up at I the know. end. What is that? What that is, is it? That is a thing. People are like, oh, let know. me hold your baby. No. And I'm like, no, I know. What is that for you? Like, yeah, who is that for? I don't know. It's I don't actually not it. helpful for me if you suddenly yeah. start holding my baby. Right. And maybe not every baby wants to. It's like cats. It's like I have a cat, and everybody's right. like, I'm just going to come up and love on your cat. And yeah. I'm like, not all I cats like to, to be petted. Cats. Yeah, cats, She's going to yeah. scratch the living shit out of you. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. same with my baby. My baby's going to scratch <laughs> the living shit out of you <laughs> if you try and pick up my baby. Anyway, you're doing a very good job, Dad. Yes, good job. You're nailing it. Teresa. Yes. What did we learn today? Nothing is normal. <laughs> Nothing will be normal again. And that's okay. Yeah. And to accept that as your new normal. Yeah. Get in line, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's it. I think maybe just don't ponder the question too much. Yeah. We should probably stop pondering all questions relating to parenting too much. Yeah. Let's just stop talking. <laughs> Click. <laughs> so let's just all accept that that is, in fact, normal. Okay. How's that? Sounds great. It is normal to thoroughly enjoy your pregnancy. It is normal to thoroughly not... Enjoy your pregnancy. It is normal to want a baby again when you shouldn't. <laughs> Self. Yep. Uh, and it is normal to have a million babies. Yep. So it is normal to, to not have babies. To not have babies. Probably more normal than anything else. <laughs> Good takeaway, everybody. Uh, you know what I think? What? I think people should go to iTunes and write us a great review. Hey. How about that? They should. Yeah. Let that be the new normal. Will you guys please go to iTunes right now and <laughs> give us a five-star review and say something nice about us? Yeah. That would be so That'd nice. That would be great. That would be great. We'd love that. Also, we love when you call in and leave us genius fails and rants yes. please continue to do so yeah little little guidance mm-hmm. uh keep it keep it tight mm-hmm. and be clear at the beginning if it is a rant fail or genius and if you are not sure just pick yeah just, just pick, pick. but i still love getting them yeah they are a delight yeah. and you guys are all doing a really really good job yeah you are so good job yeah Teresa. yeah you are doing a really good job thank you yeah so are you biz you are. Thank Biz. you. you I are. am trying my best, given how I operate as a person, <laughs> which is to fight everything good. So within those confines, I am fucking killing it, everybody. That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. Uh, everybody hang in there. We are going to talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blue. I got to slow down mama blues. Got to slow down mama blues. Slow down mama blues. Got to slow down mama blues. Got to slow down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. 
Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.